Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, Welcome. to Warriors Wrap-Up. And Bob Curry takes another three, it's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Covey. Runs some clock here, 50 on the shot clock. Curry guarded by George, far sideline. George spread out with a hands on defense. Curry fades into a three and it's good! Curry! That's right, Curry! 38 points for Steph Curry tonight and the Warriors' Ryan Covey turned what could have been another dud against an elite basketball team into the most thrilling victory of their young season. Tim Roy on the call there. We welcome you into Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey with you. Warriors beat the Clippers. They win the rematch 115-105, to and they got it done, Covey, by outscoring the Clippers 30, I'm sorry, 52-30 to from the 315 mark of the third quarter until the end of the game. An incredible turnaround for the Warriors. Yeah, no doubt, birthday boy. The Warriors got it popping at Chase Center tonight. This was the signature win at the Chase Center. And one of the things that I'm looking for this year, J.D., is for the Warriors to make that a formidable house. And one of the things that you do there is you play a full 48. That's how you set that tone. And uh, I give the Warriors a lot of credit, man, because the Clippers really were on their game for the first, you know, almost full three quarters of this basketball game. Uh, And and then when it was time to get going, the, the Warriors were able to flip that switch. And they've got that belief. They've got that determination. And they got guys on that bench that are hungry. This I've seen a lot of great stats come out, and we're going to share them for you here in the next hour. Uh, but the thing that, that one of the stats that I really like, JD, in the last that last 15 minutes and 15 seconds, he said the 52 to 20 run, the Golden State Warriors made more shots than the Clippers attempted. 
The Warriors went 20 of 31 during that stretch. The Clippers went 7 of 19. Warriors had more makes than the Clippers had field goal attempts. That means you're playing some some hardcore defense and you're getting buckets, baby. Impressive, impressive stuff. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. We want to hear from you on a Friday night following a big Warriors win, 115-105, to 105, as they come all the way back from 22 down to beat the Clippers. Golden State now 5-4. and four. They pick up their first win of the season against what I would call a top-tier team in the NBA in, in beating the Clippers. And it's another forward step for this team. We talked about Wednesday, even in a loss, being a forward step. Tonight's game, in in many ways, played out similarly to the game on Wednesday. The Warriors were out of sync, and and, and I thought the Clippers were even, like you said, playing a a level better to to turn it into the 22-point lead that they had late in the third quarter. But the one difference, the one difference tonight, uh, and there were many, but the most pronounced difference was Stephen Curry, he he was making shots and making plays, even though the Clippers were defending him similarly. Yeah, they were throwing all kinds of bodies at him, as they did the other night. And, and I thought what the Warriors were starting to do was move off the ball. And, and there's ways that you can help Steph Curry by setting screens and, and drawing defenders uh, without actually shooting the basketball. And a lot of times you find Steph out there uh, when he's playing. A lot of times with that first unit, there's not a lot of shooting out there with him. Uh, and, and so you got to look for other ways. And, and Steph, uh, I, I noticed that at, you know down the stretch, Wanamaker was out there at the point guard position so Steph could play off the ball even more. Um, but, yeah, he was in full create mode, full attack mode, and he just never gave in. And, and his eyes lit up, too, when Beverly went for that rest in the third quarter, J.D., and he's like, oh, man, I got Lou Williams guarding me now. Cool. And uh, the way that he closed out the third quarter, scored 13 points in the final nine minute, or the final three minutes of the third. And then, uh, it, uh, you know, obviously uh, Steve Kerr kept him out there for the start of the fourth quarter, which he rarely does. And then when he checked back in, they actually were able to close it out. So, yeah, man, Steph Curry, uh, this is the deal, J.D. If the Warriors are going to be in contention this year and they're going to be a playoff team, it's because Steph Curry is setting the tone offensively, and he did it tonight. Absolutely. And it was the bench unit with Curry tonight that helped flip this game. The Wiggins and Oubre were both out uh, during the stretch where the Warriors began the long run that flipped this game. It was Curry, it was Michael Mulder who who played a, a key role uh, in the ball game tonight. Michael Mulder was a plus 27 in 18 minutes of work tonight, and you just look at the plus minuses. It, it was Curry, Mulder, Bazemore, Pascal, and originally Looney, uh, Damian Lee actually came in for Looney at one point. So it was it was Lee and Bazemore, Mulder, Curry, and then you had Pascal playing the five for a lot of that, and you just go up and down. Bazemore plus 16, Pascal plus 21, Damian Lee plus 22. It was the, that group that flipped it, and Curry was so hot that the Warriors had the first possession of the fourth quarter, and they said, the time is now. <laughs> they need to continue this run for another minute or two, then get Curry his rest and try and get him back out there for the stretch run. And the bench unit at the top of the fourth did exactly what they did the other night. They went on a little mini run to help almost take control of the game for the Warriors. Yeah, and, and it all starts back, just like back in the day, J.D., or any time a team goes on a big run 
It starts with getting stops on the defensive end because then you can get out and transition and you can run. The rebounding was still a problem, but uh, the Warriors were able to overcome that just playing some great defense, a couple of shot clock violations. They got some real timely steals in there. Um, and, and really, I, I just felt like they had the Clippers a little bit flustered, and you could just tell the momentum started to build. Uh, and, and you're right. It, it just it, it really started to turn there late in the third quarter. And, you know, you almost felt like ah, maybe it's just not going to be their night. I mean, Paul George was putting on a clinic. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Kawhi with that mid-range, getting anything he wants. Abaka was knocking shots down. I mean, it was basically, you know, Clippers, by by their design, how they want to beat teams for the first damn near three quarters. Uh, but then it all flipped. And, and, of course, Curry got that started. And I love, like, what this bench unit is doing because these guys are hungry, J.D., right? And, and look, you're going to get plenty of opportunity on this Warriors basketball team. I mean, you know, the, the Bazemores and the Damian Lees and the Michael Mulders, these guys play like – they know nothing is promised to them, and and it, you sh- you can tell in their body language and their intent with their hustle, uh, and and ultimately with their execution down the stretch. So uh, it's a fun style of basketball to watch, and and when this team can get out and run, they're dangerous. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Give us a call, shoot us a text. That's uh, where Sam West Oakland Sam checks in with us tonight here. West Oakland Sam, you're on ninety five seven. The game, it's Warriors wrap up. I am uh I am a couple of shots in deep with some Jameson. Uh with some Jameson shots. Like I hope you guys love Jameson. I do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like if this bench can be anything, um I hope we have a strength in number situation right now with this bench. I think they're getting more confident. I love the way they play. That third quarter kinda was reminiscent of the third quarters we used to have where we could kill it in the third quarter and just finish them off. You know what I mean? And um, I'm curious if you guys feel like we need to shake it up with Oubre. Oubre is so inconsistent right now to where do you guys feel like we need to shake up our starting lineup with Oubre in there to uh, to kind of fill up what uh, – like I feel like him wearing a Warriors jersey for what we've been through uh, within the past six, seven years is kind of – it's kind of weighing on him, like, oh, I'm wearing a Warriors jersey. I'm like, I got to play a certain way to fit their style. And I feel like right. it's getting in his head so much to the point where he's playing out of his game in a way. It, it, yeah. And, um, like, I really feel like he's playing out of his game to fit into our style rather than playing a way to fit to fit in with us. You know what I mean? And I, I could tell he's really thinking Sam. about it. You know what I mean? And um, I really like – I really like what our bench is doing, um, but I really think we we could shake up the roster, or at, at least right. the starting five. All right, yeah, Sam, first. let's uh, we'll, on, we'll jump in here, Sam. We gave you, yeah, we'll give you a couple of gave you a couple opportunities. We'll let you get back to uh, having a nice little Friday evening over in West Oakland. There, uh, as far as Ubre goes, here's the deal for me. I, I I think when you win a game like tonight, it actually gives you the opportunity to stick with Ubre and and and. In, it helps you in some ways, maybe not avoid the question, but if you end up going down and losing by 18 or 20 tonight and Ubre plays yeah. the way that he does, then I think there's almost pressure to make a change. When you're able to come back and win it, you can leave everything as is and try and give him another game or another couple of games to try and get it rolling. So I, I personally wouldn't be looking at making a starting lineup change. Try to let him get through it, but know that you have that bench group that can help pull a team out if, if some of these guys aren't having good nights. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely wearing on him. I, I agreed with a lot of what he was saying, uh, absolutely. And I, I think we can all see it. Ubre is pressing, and it's affecting him on both ends of the floor. It, he'll always give you the hustle, J.D., so you, you tend to want to give him the benefit of the doubt, and you can tell it matters to him, but... He's pressing. I mean, there's just there's no way around it, and he's passing up open shots. Uh, he's not confident, and and ultimately, it's affecting his play at both ends now. Uh, and I agree with you. I, I wouldn't like make a change in the starting lineup on Sunday. Um, but I, I think, as one texter points out, is he on a short leash? I mean. I would think so. He wasn't in there in crunch time tonight. And I mean, 21 minutes, that's the fewest minutes he's played, uh, you know, on the season. And he, he just wasn't good tonight. Let's hear from Steve Kerr on that specific thing right now here, because he did get asked about Ubre and if Kelly Ubre needs a role change. And here's what, here's what Steve Kerr said. I think the reality is I've been saying this because this team is so new to one another. We just haven't found a groove with that starting lineup. It's just been, been tough to find a flow. So I don't anticipate changing anything. It's, it's so early in the season. I want, I want Kelly to, to gain some, some rhythm and some confidence and, and he's going to be fine. He's a proven NBA player. He's been doing this for years and, and uh, he'll get, he'll get going. So there you go. There's your answer. Yeah. Look, Steve Kerr is going to stick with the veteran. He's sure as heck not going to air him out, especially on a night like tonight where everybody's feeling good. And he knows too, J.D., like the Warriors are going to need Kelly Oubre. If the Warriors are going to the playoffs this year and, and you know this team's going to exceed our expectations – it's going to be partly because Kelly Oubre righted the ship. Like, they're going to need this guy. They're going to need him to score at some point. They're certainly going to need his defense. Uh, it's just he's in a bad stretch right now. Hopefully he can put a couple of games together, get a shot going, get his confidence, because Oubre seems like one of those guys that certainly, you know, he, he, he rides that wave, right? If he's feeling good at one end, you'll see it at the other. Uh, and right now, because he's in such a rut offensively, it's now even affecting his defense. He's just He's making silly plays, and he just looks out of sorts out out there you know he's a better basketball player than this he just doesn't look like it right now let's go to Matthew in Vallejo you're up next here on Warriors wrap-up hey Matthew what a, what a win that's that's definitely a signature win I if, you know if I haven't seen one but uh it's great you know Roy on the radio Curry for three it's, it's <laughs> awesome and you know just the fact that you know even though they they had that hard fought you know but lost last last game uh, the fact that they know how to adjust, that's just a great, that's just a great, uh, you know, asset right there from the coaching, from the players, you know, they, they know how to handle business and they prove that they can beat the Clippers and hang with those, you know, those top tier Western Conference beats. So, you know, honestly, the Warriors, we got this. You know, I, props to them. Curry for three. Have a Thanks, night, Matthew. Yeah, have a good night, man. Matthew's line open at 888-957-9570. One thing I will say about adjustments Covey, yeah. uh, tonight was tonight was a, a good night, for, uh, not a good night rather for the the Kerr doesn't make adjustments to his rotation or play the hot hand. Uh, you know those of those of you out there that think that he won't do that because he he did it tonight. Uh, he he didn't go back to Ubre. He did go back to Wiggins. He finished the game with Curry, Wanamaker, Lee. Wiggins and Draymond, Draymond at center down the stretch there. He had Curry out there at the beginning of the fourth quarter, which never happens, uh, even if it was for just a, a possession or two. Uh, t- tonight, Steve Kerr did it a little bit differently because he had to, and it wound up working once the Warriors got rolling. 
Yeah, it's it's a new year, and Steve Kerr's playing a, a different hand than he's ever played uh, in all his years as a head coach. It's nowhere near you know the situation they were dealing with last year, where they only won 15 games. You know, I tweeted this out during the game. It's it's just such a fun time to watch this basketball team, JD, and to cover it because yeah, they're not the prohibitive favorite. They could literally beat. I feel like they could beat any team in the league on any given night, and they could lose to any team in the league on any given night. It's all going to be. Big based on their effort and their determination. And, and that makes for a fun watch every night, especially when they bring it like this, when they bring the energy and they bring the effort. Like, down 22 to the Clippers, knowing that that's a team that can just smother you defensively, teams are usually going to pack it in, right? Uh, but they just refused to do it, and there was still enough time left once they got rolling. You're like, oh, man, not only could they win this game, they ended up winning it pretty comfortably down the stretch. So, yeah, you give them all kinds of credit, and you're right, J.D. Steve Kerr uh, being willing to, to make some adjustments and dig into that bag of tricks was a huge part of it. He's empowered a lot of guys on this bench, and so there's a lot of guys he looks down there right now and believes in. He played the hot hand tonight. There's no question about it. And when they got on the roll and they, they wound up flipping a 22-point deficit into a 10-point win in 15, 15 minutes of basketball, that's that's pretty impressive stuff. So the Warriors now 5-4 and four on the season. Clippers dropped to 6-4. and four, So uh, they're neck and neck right now in the standings. We'll get to more phone calls coming up here. 888-957-9570. 888 9570 Warriors wrap up rolling on here on a Friday night on 957 the game. Curry backs up the midcourt, bouncing on the dribble. Cross court skip over to Damian Lee in the right corner. He'll fire for three, and it's nothing but the bottom of the net. Now, back to Warriors wrap up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 957 the game. Oh yeah, Friday night, Warriors win it 115-105 to 105 as they get it done 34-18 in the fourth quarter. The Warriors run uh, at one point uh, 34-6, Covey. Uh, we, we broke down the 52-20 to 20 to close the game, but at one point 34-6, a 28-point swing to flip it. Uh, and a, a lot of game balls to go around for the Warriors tonight, uh, and a lot of them are, are guys that, that were coming off the bench. I mean, Curry and Wiggins really the only starters, along with Draymond Green, who was out there that, that played well. But it was a night where it was a night where really Ubre and and Wiseman and others were were bailed out by the Wanamakers and the Molders and the Baysmores and the Pascals. It, it was really good to see. Yeah, and it was really, they set the tone defensively, J.D. They all rallied to the basketball. There was just a, a real up-tempo. They, they played with a lot of spirit. And say what you want about the Clippers. Like, that's... That's a very talented group of players, but I'm not still, I'm not convinced that they play as a great team yet. And, and, you know, maybe by playoff time, they'll work it out. Uh, clearly, it didn't, you know, go their way in the bubble last year, and there's still some, some things that they're sifting through, but there's a vulnerability to that team. They don't, they're not closers and, and they haven't proved that yet. And the Warriors sense that vulnerability. They, they almost had them the other night, JD. Uh, you know, they had a couple of runs there, but just came up a little bit short down the stretch. But the Warriors knew just, Keep playing, keep defending, keep getting stops, and, and eventually you'll start to go on a run on the other end. I don't, you know, I don't think anybody could have pictured the turnaround from 22 down. But I mean, you know, you look at the, the numbers, uh, you know, Damian Lee, eight points, Mulder, six points, Wanamaker, six, Pascal, who's probably the sixth man right now in the NBA, another double figure effort for him. But my point is, 
you look at the points scored and then you juxtapose that with the, with the plus minus, it's clear. Those guys were out there getting stops, and that's why the Warriors were able to come back tonight. It was in the defense. It was. The defense started it, and, and the effort, I think, was there in that third quarter after maybe the Clippers were a little too comfortable uh, for, for the first 24 to 32 minutes uh, of this basketball game. Let, let's get to John in Richmond, who's up next here on the phone lines at 888-957-9570. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How you going? Doing? Um, listen, I keep hearing everybody say that uh, we got to give Oubre a chance, but my whole thing is I just don't feel like he fits. I mean, he seems like he's playing the exact same position as Wiggins, and he would be best served coming off the bench when Wiggins comes out. I mean, if we get more shooters like Damian Lee or Mulder out there, you know, that opens the floor up for Steph. They can't be triple-teaming him as much. And I just don't think it's the right move just because we're paying somebody more when, to me, it's already obvious. I mean, I think Damian Lee and Mulder play just as good as defense, if not better, than Obre Obre. I mean, he gets some highlight steals once a game, but he's out of position a lot. And did you guys see the play where he messed the play up and Steph kind of gave him this frustrated tap on the back? And did you notice yeah. he subbed out of the game and never came back in after that? And, yep. like, I want to give the guy a chance, but I'm just saying it's the fit. It doesn't seem like – it seems like he should be Wiggins' backup. Like, they're playing the same position. And with Steph out there, you need a second shooter. I mean, look at the plus-minus for our starters. Our bench has been playing better than our starters this season so far, in my opinion. And another thing, my last point, we need to give um, our rookie the – in my opinion, we need to give him kind of the – um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the Bogut treatment where he's playing the first six minutes of the first and then maybe coming back in depending on how he's played. But we got to go with Pascal, man. He is awesome. He is killing every backup center. They can't stay in front of him. I mean, he's been awesome so far. So that's what I got. I just want to know what you guys think. Thanks, John. couple of things to chew on there. Uh, we, could, we could start with Ubre. Look, in a perfect world, Ubre would be a backup wing. I mean, if, if yeah. this team was, I mean, the reason he's not is because Clay Thompson got hurt. And look, at some point, if he doesn't start making shots more on par with his career averages, Steve Kerr isn't going to have a choice but to make a change. I just don't think we're to that point yet. But let's be clear. I mean, Ubre has been a backup to this point in his career. And if this Warriors team, and we were, when we were penciling this thing out before Clay Thompson got hurt, we were talking about Steph and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond and eventually maybe Wiseman. And then maybe you go use your, your traded player exception to get a guy like Ubre to add to the mix. Then you got something maybe that could still be championship caliber with some of these other guys that they already had on the bench and, and maybe still Wanamaker in the fold. So when Clay went down, there, there's still a dramatic difference between having a guy like Ubre on your roster and having you know somebody that's that that's uh, you know borderline out of the NBA playing that spot. Yeah, Ubre's he's miscast. First of all, I thought it was a great call. I mean, he made some really good points. Uh, and uh, you know, as far as Ubre goes, he, he's going to get a couple more opportunities, but those opportunities are are waning, and it might not be a, a great fit. Uh, and 
you know, there's going to be a role for Kelly Oubre on this team, and, and maybe he's not best served in the starting lineup. And, and Kerr still has time to tinker with that. He still has time to get it right. I actually almost, in a way, J.D., now it's it, the start that he's had is not a good thing, okay? But if you tell me that Kelly Oubre was off to a you know historically bad start for him on this team playing that position and the Warriors would still be a game over 500 right now, I'd probably said you're crazy. Uh, but they've, they've had so many other guys contribute. I don't think it's the worst idea. You know, the other take, too, that he had about Pascal, he is. I mean, Pascal, he can get anything he wants against these other bigs. And if he's going to rebound the way that he did tonight, um, it's got to be all hands on deck, no question. But that's where they're going to get hurt is in the rebounding. And for a lot of this game, uh, the Clippers were dominating the Warriors on the boards. Uh, but, it, you know, when, when it mattered most down the stretch, it, it really didn't seem to affect the Warriors too much because they were just beating teams with their speed and their determination. So you hopefully hope that can sustain uh, but, you know, Steve Kerr is going to have to take a good long look at that as well. Wiseman will start, but it's not even really who starts on this team, J.D. You know what time it is in the NBA. It's about who finishes. It, it is. And, it, and look, Wiseman played 15 minutes tonight, and, and Eric Pascal played 20, and Kevon Looney played another 12, and Draymond finished the game at center. So it, it, Eric Pascal is not a starting center in the NBA. Like, it's just now and – and a big reason why he's been able to flourish the way that he has has been – the specific matchups that, I mean, John said it flat out. It's the, it's, he is able to dominate second team centers. If you're putting him out there against starting centers, it's a, it's a completely different ball game. So I think the one thing that Steve Kerr has to weigh here when he starts examining if he's going to make changes or not is how one change impacts the rest of it. If, if you move, let's say Damian Lee into the starting lineup, okay, does that mean that the bench is going to be less fluid now? This unit that's built this chemistry over the course of the last five or six games, is that going to be affected? So yes, maybe your starting lineup gets a little bit better, but your bench isn't as good. Is that going to be still a net positive or does that, or or does it cancel out? And I think if it's going to cancel out, you might as well just keep it as is. Yeah, and, and you don't want that second unit to be a barren wasteland of no production, right? And that second unit still has to have its own identity as well. And that's been a huge reason why the Warriors have been able to stay in some of these games and even make a push in some of these games, even when Steph's sitting down, uh, because they have developed a, an identity and, and these guys do have a, you know, are, are relishing in the roles that they're playing. So no, it's certainly something to watch. And, and I 100% agree with you, JD. After a win like tonight, you don't have Kelly Oubre coming off the bench for the Raptors against the Raptors on Sunday. I just I don't see you doing that. Um, he's probably got a couple more games, and and then we'll see. I mean, teams are just going to leave him wide open. That's the thing. And if nothing else, the rest of the NBA will certainly take away from these two games with the Clippers. Uh, throw a bunch of bodies at Steph and leave Draymond and Oubre wide open beyond the arc. Eric Pascal's only going to get more attention from teams. Uh, and ultimately, you know, the rest of the NBA will see clearly, too, even when you throw two and three guys at Steph Curry, he may mess around and hit nine threes anyway because he's that dude. And he was that dude tonight. And he was that dude tonight. And you say, well, hey, how could the Warriors have this record at, at five and four with as much as Oubre has struggled? And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And the answer is Steph Curry. I mean that—that's the reason, and, and the bench. But it's—but it's Steph Curry. The, the Warriors are five and zero when he goes for thirty or more, and and he got to thirty 
tonight at a point where the game was still in doubt, and I thought, uh-oh, he got to 30. But but at that point where he got to 30, I thought it was still going to be a tall order for the Warriors to win. Like, I thought that the, the, that the string was going to be broken. Uh-uh. Uh, and, and even the, the time where he was out of the game, as we were talking about in the last segment, the bench pushed that lead back up to six. The Clippers did end up tying it, and the Warriors wound up pushing back ahead by 10. But... For all the conversation about everything else, the good, the bad, the ugly, when Steph Curry has lit it up for this Warriors team in the first nine games, they've won, and when he hasn't, they've lost. Yeah, and and that's how this is going to go. That's going to be the story of the Warriors this year. They're going to go as far as Steph Curry's going to be able to take them, and if Steph Curry's going to be in the MVP conversation, that means the Golden State Warriors are going to be a playoff team. You know, and you look at crunch time tonight, J.D., because, uh, you know, the the game the other day, they were tied at 93. I think they were tied at 97 as well, uh, and, you know, tied when Steph checked back in, and and ultimately the Warriors couldn't close out. I got a little worried tonight. Uh, You know, there's that one point where – the, the Warriors are rolling. They're up six. Uh, Mulder misses that three that would have put them up nine. Then Kennard comes back, hits a three. Uh, the Warriors miss on the other end. Then Abaka hits a three. The game's tied up. Um, you know, Bazemore had missed one. Damian Lee had missed one. But then shout out Brad Wanamaker. He hits yeah. that three. And then there was that tip out. Draymond had that second chance tip. And Wanamaker just stepped up and knocked that down. And it was like, oh, okay. They're getting it from all the – everybody's chipping in tonight. And that's what it's going to take down the stretch in a lot of these games is, you know, different guys stepping up. I mean, this was, you know, this is Wanamaker's moment tonight, hitting those two big threes, because that's when it got a little dicey, J.D. You're like, oh, Kennard pops, Abaka pops. You're like, uh-oh, here we go again. Uh, but the Warriors had that counterpunch. Yeah, Wanamaker and Andrew Wiggins made a couple of a couple of key hustle plays as well that, that helped the Warriors. But Wanamaker's another guy for all the conversation about Ubre and Wiggins. Wanamaker, to this point, has not shot the basketball at a level that he did in in the two previous years that he was with Boston. So, uh, uh, you know, you have to think that he at some point is is going to is going to shoot it a little bit more like he did tonight. He's not afraid to take them. That's the one thing I'll say about him and I, and I think, you know, when it's all said and done, there are going to be more nights where we're going to say, "Damn, Wanamaker hit a couple of big threes." Then it has been for the most part where he's either been and eh, I can only play his six or seven minutes when Steph's not out there and, and you got to get him out of the game pretty quick and, and he's not making shots for you. I, I do think the player that, that he was tonight with the ability to knock down some big ones is, is more of the type of guy we're going to see as this season goes on. Yeah, and, and last year in Boston, I mean, he was more of like a, a put-the-ball-on-the-floor guy, you know, his mid-range game. He'll attack the basket. I mean, he's, got, he's like a lot of these Warriors, J.D. He's got the, the long arms, the long wingspan. I had a couple people tweet me, like, got the Livingston replacement, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, slow down there. I mean, Sean Livingston's, you know, three-time NBA champ. But uh, Wanamaker is starting to get more comfortable, you can tell. And I just love the veteran poise as well. I know he doesn't have, a, you know, an extensive NBA resume, but he's been, he's been hooping for a long time overseas, and uh, he's starting to get real comfortable comfortable in Steve Kerr's offense. He's strong too. He was guarding Paul George down he's the yoked. stretch. I mean, he he's he's, he's, t- he's tough, he's strong and like you said he's not afraid to get in there and and mix it up a little bit and and use his hands and the length and and he was giving Paul George a hard, a hard time uh, in, in, yeah. that, in that fourth quarter. And and sometimes that's all it takes against Paul George is to just get in him a little bit and and make him feel you and say, "Hey, I'm going to I'm you know, 
just kind of, just kind of challenge him because a lot of times, as we've seen, you challenge Paul George in a big moment, and he just he collapses. Yeah, and boy, I'll tell you, for the first uh, you know whatever you know thirty three minutes of this basketball game tonight, Paul George was a stone cold killer. I mean, some of those threes he was hitting, and just every time he got the ball in his hands, you felt like he was going to do damage. And then fourth quarter, he just poof. He was gone. Where was Paul George? Didn't see him down the stretch tonight. That's where there's a disconnect with this Clippers team. And you could tell Beverly's trying to motivate him. That's where, you know, Harold leaving and going to the Lakers is going to hurt them. Like they don't, you know, they don't, they don't have that, that grit. And it's got to come from Kawhi. But there's a, I don't know, I kind of feel like there's a level of, uh, you know, ho-humness to Kawhi's game right now as well, where he'll only turn it on in stretches. He just looks like he's not having a lot of fun out there. And I know he's not one of those guys that's going to be really exuberant, thumping his chest or anything, but it just looks like the Clippers, they're just, it, it just looks like, you know, I don't know, a group of guys that just isn't really having a whole hell of a lot of fun, even though they're pretty damn good. They don't have a legit pecking order either. They're at their best when Kawhi Leonard is the is the alpha and everybody else plays off of Kawhi Leonard. That's when, that's that's when they can make their run. And I think their problem, and I, I talked about this a lot last year, and, and I know that I, I actually like the, the composition of their team better this year than last year for for having those two guys at the top in in Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard, but it, they look like a team too often that's trying to take turns. Hey Kawhi, you're our guy. You you take it over this possession and, and ISO and score. Hey Paul, now Paul George, we got to get you in the mix now, man, because you're you're you want to be treated like an alpha or you think you're an alpha. So we got to make sure we get your your time. Oh Lou Williams, sixth man, he's in the game. Well, you got to have the ball in your hands, and and how are you most successful? Uh, well, you you got to be just pounding it and looking to score and taking the game over. So they have three dudes that are that are that all need to function the same way and and rather than just take the best dude in Kawhi and and I think part of it too is the load management aspect. They don't want to yeah. you know for, with him they they don't want him to have to be that guy all the time and that's part of why you have Paul George, but it just there's no flow to how they do it. And so I think for them to be at optimal success, they got to lean on Kawhi more, but then that creates maybe some other problems in addition to the ego issues that surround PG thinking he's a one when he's really a two. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And and they're going to need to figure out a way to sort that out come playoff time. You know, the other thing I noticed, too, for the first basically three quarters of the game tonight, they were hitting their shots. I mean, they still end up, you know, going 14 to 31 from downtown. Uh, but they were, you know, everything was working for them. And But what they weren't having to do was put the ball on the floor and get to the free throw line. And and the Warriors, to their credit, they played great defense tonight. And they didn't reach. They didn't foul. Uh, you know, the other night, Clippers go 25 of 25 from the line. Tonight, they only shoot 13 free throws. Warriors to their credit, end up going 15 of 18. So they got him at the free throw line tonight and obviously hitting the 23s, going 20 of 41. They got him from beyond the arc as well. Uh, but it was just those those little things tonight that the Warriors did, and, and I felt like the Clippers hadn't done enough. Even when they were scoring and, and built the 22-point lead, they hadn't done enough like working right to, in order to to be able to, to lean on that in the fourth quarter down the stretch when they probably could have used you know a couple opportunities going to the basket, getting some contact, drawing a foul, shooting some free throws, slowing the game down a little bit, taking some of the wind out of the Warriors' sails. They, they weren't able to do any of that tonight. Yeah, the free throw difference from the game Wednesday to tonight was key. That's a great point. And the Warriors also, I think, did a better job finishing possessions. They were getting crushed on the boards early, uh, and 
and once they got rolling, the energy picked up. They were they were actually getting the rebound once that run started, which I think really uh, was another way that they were able to flip the game. Let, let's go ahead and hear from Steph Curry uh, here as the Warriors win it tonight, one fifteen to one hundred five. Uh, Warriors now five and four on the season. Uh, let's hear from Steph. Uh, this was courtesy of ESPN during the walk off interview on just a big big win for the Dubs. I mean, it's huge uh, for us that have have been there. It's kind of weird, uh, you know, <laughs> celebrating a win like that. But you know, we're a young team. We're trying to find our identity and understand, you know, how we're going to win games this year. And it takes you know all, all whatever thirteen guys that stepped foot on the floor tonight, and you know, just finding forty eight minutes. That was uh, that was a gutsy win for us to come back and, and show ourselves in the second half. Um, show we have that competitive spirit and got to carry that forward. And and it's the kind of win the way they did it that just it gives you confidence that you can do it again. If you can play as poorly as they did against the Clippers, one of the elite teams in the league, and still come back and win it, led by your bench, that's something you can draw on really in any other game the rest of the way. To have it happen early is just I mean, it is it is just absolutely critical to the growth and the development for this team. Look, we've learned a, a, a few things already about this Warriors team that we can say definitively, even at this early stage in the season. They don't fold up, and, and they've been knocked down a few times, either with some bad losses to start the season or even in games, and they've shown the ability to get back up. Both times in these you know, back-to-backs, they lose the first one, and then they come back and find a way to win the second one. Like That, that speaks to their competitive spirit, their ability to make adjustments, their ability to, to learn and grow as a group, and you're right. I mean, you rally back to 22 against the Clippers. The way the Clippers can defend, J.D., if the Clippers get up 22 against any team on the planet, really at any point in the game, it should be over, let alone with three minutes left in the third quarter. So uh, knowing that they have that in their bag now, like they've got that on their resume, they'll be able to draw on that. And, you know, the rest of the NBA will take notice of that as well. The Clippers, that's a a marquee team, and obviously the Warriors still garner plenty of attention in their own right. So, uh, you know, I I love Steph kind of, oh, it's kind of weird celebrating a win like that. No, hell no, man. Celebrate it up. Like for guys like Mulder and and Damian Lee, this is huge for them, man. This is huge for this basketball team. Let's quickly look ahead. Uh, we got about two minutes or so here. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, Warriors wrap up a 95-7 the game before we get out of here. Warriors now 5-4. and four. Uh, They will. They got two games left on this homestand, uh, and they won 5-7 of seven overall. And the Raptors are in Chase Center on Sunday afternoon, 5.30 tip here on 95-7 the game. The Raptors were 1-6. Uh, going into their game tonight in Sacramento, they got down 19 in Sacramento, gave up 46 points in the first quarter, and wound up winning by 21. So this game had a wild swing of 32 points. Their game had a 40-point swing. So the Raptors are going to come in, coming off a big win, 2-6, and six, and, and maybe feeling a little bit less desperate than they were going into the night. Yeah, they outscored the Kings, uh, what, 73 to 49 in the second half tonight. And, um, it's been a struggle for them. Freddie Van Vliet got it cooking tonight, but Pascal Siakam, really since the bubble, JD, uh, he's been in a real funk. And, and this Raptors team, uh, who, you know, clearly were expected to be a lot better than this. Um, you know, now you could look at this two ways. You could look at it one and say, okay, this is, you know, it's probably a good thing they beat the Kings. They're going to come in a little less desperate. I mean, they were staring at potentially coming in here at one and seven, but the other side of it is, what is 
did they figure out tonight, right? I mean, clearly that offense got going. Um, so it's going to be a good test for the Warriors. I mean, you know, the, the Warriors aren't in a position where they can take anybody lightly right now. But it's let's face it, this is a winnable game on Sunday, and the Dubs got a chance to get a couple games over 500 and solidify themselves uh, an awesome homestand, regardless of you know how the Pacer game goes. So this is again, dare I say, another huge game for the Dubs on Sunday. Bring it on, baby! Little NBA Finals rematch too. Oh yeah. Yeah, and Kyle Lowry, we'll see if he's back in the lineup. He didn't play tonight for, for Toronto due to personal reasons, so uh, we'll, it's always fun, Kyle Lowry going up against Steph Curry uh, and and the Raptors-Warriors. Yeah, not too far removed from a couple of years ago with a lot of those players meeting in the finals that the Raptors won. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh Brian Mauser, Bobby Spang, uh, Sterling Bennett uh, for putting the show together. For Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Covey will be back on Sunday, 4 o'clock, Warriors Live here at 95.7, the game for the Warriors and the Raptors. Looking forward to that. And then I'm going to be back tomorrow, 9 a.m., quick turnaround uh, Warriors this week with Nick Friedel, so we got that for you. Uh, just locking and loading and rolling here. I think I think I got the first 16 days of January. Let's just let's just roll it out. Let's just roll it out. We'll worry about time off when the season's over, buddy. Yeah, we'll worry about time off when we're dead. Uh, happy birthday again, my friend. Good stuff. <laughs> Looking forward to doing it on Sunday. And I promise I will pause the Bears playoff game, and it'll probably be over by then anyway. Let's face it. So um, I'll be ready to go four o'clock Sunday. And of course, I'll be listening to you and Nick tomorrow. So Covey's calling in sick for, for let's just mark that <laughs> I'm out down. Sunday, baby. And and also appreciate the appreciate the death notice uh, on on the on the birthday on the special birthday as well. I guess that's good stuff right there. Let's let's you reference that on as I flip the odometer over uh, <laughs> for another for another decade here. All right, that'll do it for us. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Uh, Warriors win tonight over the Clippers. They get it done one fifteen to one hundred five. You heard it right here. On 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.